Hello, everyone, and welcome to another enchanting episode of Surreal Sorcery, where magic meets machines in the boundless realm of generative AI and Surreal's architectures. I'm your host, Rinaldi, here to guide you through the captivating crossroads of creativity and code. What's our aim? To unravel the mysteries that lie at the heart of autonomous code creation and explore the arcane arts of Surreal's computing. Last episode, we had Boyan Zivik to talk about generative AI and IAC and CDK, and that was a fantastic episode. And today, I'm very excited to have our guest for this episode, Girish McKim, with us. Girish is an AWS solutions architect with a remarkable 17-year career in the IT industry. His primary expertise lies in infrastructure projects, particularly in the realm of database management. He specializes in assisting clients with cloud transformation, including migrations from on-premises systems to the AWS cloud and cloud-native development using microservices. He's also deeply involved in crafting cloud adoption strategies, designing target architectures, and ensuring cost effectiveness. Girish collaborates with AWS through the Migration Acceleration Program to provide clients with efficient migration solutions. He is actively engaged within the AWS community and is a distinguished participant in the AWS Community Builders program. Girish also recently has been accepted as an AWS ambassador. Congrats, Girish. And so with that, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Renaldi, for a generous introduction. And I'm happy to be here. So very excited to talk about like uh, the AWS services. Beautiful. And I think we have quite a good episode right now, right, Garish? Like we were going to be talking about Lambdas. We're going to be talking about how you're using Bedrock, particularly yeah. to integrate within Lambdas and in general, a lot more of that, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so do you want to give a brief introduction to our topic for today and what our view yeah, sure. listeners can also expect from it too? Yeah, sure. So uh, as Rinaldi mentioned, we are going to talk about AWS uh, bedrock service, which is generative AI. This is a new child in the block. And this is like generative AI service, which recently went GA in the month of uh, September. So it's fairly new for uh, everyone. And it's like, uh, we can see the excitement, right? Like when uh, we are talking about Gen AI nowadays. So this is the same service we are talking about. And we also will get deep into like integration with other uh, uh, like uh, developer service, which we use for function, uh, as a service, which is Lambda, we talk a bit about that. And uh, we also will touch upon like advantages of using uh, Bedrock. And that is like uh, the topic which we want to cover today. So from your use cases currently, what are the unique capabilities so far that Bedrock models has been bringing into surveillance architectures? Yeah, sure. Uh, nice questions to start with, uh, Rinaldi. So first of all, let me just brief about like uh, Amazon Bedrock, right? Because as I say, like it is a fairly new service. So I just want to take a couple of minutes just to brief about that. So Amazon Bedrock is a fully managed service which offers foundational model. If you have used any of the managed services from Amazon or AWS, it is like uh, giving that seamless experience for the users. Like one is for provisioning service as well as for using uh, service in you, your uh, code or your applications. It's a fully managed uh, service for FM's foundational model. And there are few uh, service providers or uh, FM providers, which is like AI21 Labs, Entropic, Cohere, Stability AI, and Amazon itself. And this is a server. Like I, so this is just an introduction to Amazon Bedrock, what it is. But there are different capabilities. When you ask Rinaldi, like, what are the 
uh, advantages or capabilities like or features this service brings there are variety of those and i'll just touch base on few of those for example like uh, it is a managed service so uh, that takes out like administration piece from the customers so you just start using the service without worrying about infrastructure and this is a serverless again so you do not need to provision servers yourself you do not need to worry about like managing and any operational aspect of that service right so that is like a serverless aspect to it and as it is part of the aws ecosystem that gives a good integration with other services aws services be it a cloud watch for monitoring or even like creating your applications using uh, machine lang uh, uh, yeah, like a machine language you can use like uh, uh, like SageMaker. so that is a service integration which is out of the box even like uh, lambda which i touched upon initially so those are the uh, advantages to have it in uh, aws ecosystem and then you can even fine tune your models. Like you can use foundational model what AWS provided, but on top of that, you can fine tune it for your own use cases. And whatever data you're using, and that is the beauty of it, right? Whatever data you are using for fine tuning that model, be it like your own data, uh, like which you're using for fine tune on, and even like your prompts or inferences you are getting or response you are getting from FMs. So those are uh, all is your data no way that aws is going to use that for training their base model AWS is very vocal about that so whatever data you're using that's your own data for fine tuning and that's not being used by third parties who are presenting this ai models or not even by aws so that is a big advantage and other secure security aspects we'll talk a bit about is like uh, your data will be encrypted you get encryption uh, at rest and in transit and it's for most of the aws services like that capability is there and that is carried forward in uh, bedrock as well and you get uh, vpc endpoints like it's getting into big deeper uh, into uh, like a uh, uh, implementation but you can use definitely aws private link which gives you using vpc endpoints so that you can keep your traffic any components which uh, in within your vpc accessing bedrock you can keep your traffic uh, inside your account or inside your VPC instead of going through public endpoints. So that is like a few advantages and you can think of variety of use cases like to answer your question in simple terms, right? There are multiple capabilities available in Bedrock and you can just uh, use that for variety of applications where generative AI can be a use case. Couldn't have put it better myself, Agurish. Thank you so much for that. And I feel that you brought up a lot of great points and it's i feel it's really the ease of use of these foundational models i mean fairly as i first as remember started with ChatGPT, right we saw yeah. its capabilities we saw how easy it is to be able to utilize not only right. its ui we are we really started with just demo testing its ui on the testing environment then we started using its api and then bedrock came along offering yeah. a lot of foundational models that we can actually try to get insights from which is a brilliant thing and right. it's a very good yeah. thing as well that you did mention on the privacy aspect too because it's been certainly something that has been subject to a lot of debate particularly and it's great that amazon has been taking a lot of care in that and addressing a lot of the concerns about privacy head-on uh, so ease of uh, using service right i'll just give you my experience when you brought that point and this is really a useful thing for new beginners uh, to learn for generative ai that you can go to management console and as you are using any of the other services right same way you can start using bedrock you can give your prompt uh, like i'm sure like many of us has tried uh, chat gpt so this is nothing new for us from 
giving prompts and getting the uh, response uh, right away. So that same experience you can find on management console. And it's not like only that, like you can extend that experience through APIs. Like you can build your application and through APIs, you can even uh, uh, get the uh, response or inference uh, with your prompts. And you can be very creative with the prompt as you can uh, uh, with any of the generative uh, AI models. So that both the ways you can interact with the service. And I find that is uh, interesting for at least for new beginners to start using AI generative AI. 100% yeah, Garish. Yeah, and yeah. it's really great that AWS does provide that playground for us to try out these particular services and actually have a feel for them before we actually start implementing them within our API. So that's a really good point. Yeah. And now let's move the conversation a bit to what you've been doing with it and your work within trying to integrate with Lambdas as well. So do you want to tell our listeners as well what you've been doing as well with lambdas and how you're integrating right now with bedrock too yeah sure uh, so as i said like i'm exploring this uh, bedrock service for sure and there are multiple capabilities we talked about and one of the capability i was told uh, is like uh, accessing your uh, foundational model through a single api when i uh, when i say single api uh, it's uh, literally it like you have an invoke model API where you can use uh, the same API to access multiple of this foundational model. So what I'm doing uh, for my uh, uh, integration with uh, Bedrock through code is like using found uh, like a Lambda service, which is again AWS service for uh, function as a service. So I am writing code in Python and uh, invoking uh, like uh, using single API to invoke Bedrock. And I'm trying with one of the uh, foundational model from AI 21 lab, but similar API can be used on uh, stability AI, which is like image generation uh, foundational model as part of uh, this bedrock ecosystem. Uh, so that is what I'm uh, like currently doing. And that integration is really something uh, very exciting because like you can be creative with your prompts. You can use this for various other uh, applications or use cases. So like learning that is pretty simple or like uh, you can uh, like just use a Python code and simple code and you can like, uh, I have a put a couple of artifacts to, uh, to that effect. Like I have a blog post or I have created a video on that and we talk a bit about that later. But I just want to tell you that that is the integration which I'm working on. I'm using uh, Python as a runtime for my Lambda, which can be anything if you're comfortable with any other uh, runtime, you can use that but I'm using uh, uh, Python. So essentially like uh, that is what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, I can just uh, go through the steps uh, if that is something uh, which add value. But as I said, like I have already put artifacts and we can give uh, like, like pointers to that. So that is what uh, I'm using uh, like uh, a Lambda integration with Bedrock. Great. And you did mention as well that you've particularly been using AI21 models right now for your experimentations. That's actually something yeah. I've been mostly experimenting with too, because I feel like their models so far have been very good compared to a lot of the other options they're currently having. But I was also yeah. wondering if you've tried some of the other models too. How do you find that compares with AI21, like Claude mm -hmm. or the Amazon Titan? Have you tried them as well? And how have you found it? Yeah, so I tried AI21 labs. I tried stability AI. There are a couple of models which I tried. And uh, the, I didn't try uh, other models, uh, to be honest. But stability AI I did. And that is quite uh, uh, easy to use. Again, like as I said, like it is a single API. So I used uh, 
just to generate a uh, simple picture out of my prompt and that was a uh, seamless as well complex same like uh, ai21 lab so i didn't find like uh, that difference between uh, i actually working on it uh, like when you look into use case or start using that model more then you will try to appreciate differences but i don't see uh, like based on my testing with these two models there is any uh, uh, like a different uh, approach while you are accessing or integrating this with your code right and yeah. i think the great thing is how much care and open source development there has been in regards to the python community particularly i feel within these kinds of apis for bedrock so i know that one of the tools that some of the listeners might already be using as well as langchain for example which is currently right. continually being developed as well so what kind of tools or libraries have you been using in python particularly for your development yeah so langchain is a really good use case what you just brought up right and there is like a lot of uh, development there i have tried langchain uh, chain as well and that is like a pretty good uh, use case or pretty good development on uh, like ai front and uh, i like when i'm look, uh, look working on lambda particularly python what i found right when i'm uh, like uh, uh, like, uh, like uh, if you worked on lambda or anyone our listeners are working on lambda with python we know like we need to import boto3 library boto3 library help us even to create a bedrock client as a first step and then start integrating or start working with uh, the api so boto3 library is one of the thing which you have to have uh, uh, yeah, like uh, have to have used for uh, this python code and what i found with lambda in particular if you just import boto3 and start using it as you do for any other your python uh, development that is not working in lambda and then you need to use or make sure that you are using the latest version of boto3 which is not uh, like out of the box so that's what i found and you need to create a lambda layer and like create lambda layer with that particular uh, boto3 version which is latest version then use that layer in your function and then things start working so that is just uh, one of the caveats i found and that is uh, something like our users will uh, be benefit uh, when you like a user start using it but that is like boto3 specifically then i just use a json uh, import so that i can work with like response what i am getting so response when you are getting you are getting a json stream sort of uh, output and you just need to get the body out of it and text out of it so that make a meaningful uh, uh, conversation with your application so that uh, what i have seen so these are like a couple of things i have tried and langchain is uh, something i just want to explore a bit more than what i did uh, so far definitely i feel that in my own experiences langchain has been a very powerful tool in helping a lot of folks out there help create powerful chatbots due to its context and conversation retention which is one of the things that a lot of people right now are using bedrock for and using financial models in general for and it really is powerful to be able to continue doing that and building on the capabilities of being able to process the text accordingly remember it and accordingly give responses based on that and yeah. you mentioned fine-tuning as well have you had any tries in that as well is trying fine-tuning yeah. something as well uh, no i didn't and uh, the most uh, like, uh, like uh, the most important factor there is cost 
because like uh, as we know this foundational model like uh, there is a cost involved when you are fine tuning it and there is a cost involved when you are uh, like using it for prompt and uh, inference right so i just want to touch base on that because uh, i'm sure that is going to help everyone right so uh, like cost is like for creating uh, like giving prompt so that is depending on your tokens so how much tokens you are using for uh, prompting your uh, foundational model and how many uh, like how much data you are pulling as part of that uh, inference so that is cost involved in that and fine tuning is like i'm sure like it is like uh, costlier and as i am playing in my playground right i don't want to incur that cost so i never tried fine tuning uh, so far definitely and that's yeah. a great point <laughs> you brought up gurish yeah i have i personally haven't really played around with it as well because as you mentioned cost is a big factor and yeah. you also have to be able to employ the provisioned capacity right as you touched on that right so there are two ways like uh, this pricing model works in bedrock one is like on demand and other one is provisional throughput so how that works is on demand is like pay as you use so you just give prompts you get inference and whatever token numbers are uh, being utilized so aws will charge you based on that so that is on demand for you and then for provisioning if you know your use case you know like how much throughput you are uh, uh, anticipating so it is cheaper and it is better to use provision throughput but that is like uh, uh, when you know your application well when you are building something from the scratch or something new then you don't know that right so on demand is a way to go forward but there are uh, like uh, thought behind that when aws put this pricing so that is a great as well so on demand as well as provisioning so far i used on demand for my testing and for obvious reason because uh, we don't know how much uh, usage so pay as you go is the best way when you don't know um, many of the things up front so that is that is something uh, uh, users should be aware of definitely i feel that we are still very much pioneers within generative yeah. ai so it definitely makes sense to go for on demand i think in general individuals right. corporations all of them are still experimenting with this new technology and seeing where it gets them and that's the thing as well about generative ai right because oftentimes as well it's continued iterative development to actually see what kind of prompts actually gets you where and and each generative ai llm always behaves differently each foundation model behaves differently that's always how it has been so it yeah. definitely takes a while to be able to find what works best for you and that's a very interesting thing now how have you found integrating these developments with bedrock api for example through lambda into for example web apps yeah. do you feel that it's an easy process or do you feel it's you know a bit challenging or yeah so like uh, even it uh, like we are talking about the ease of using right definitely there is because like as i said like it's a like managed service so it becomes so much easy because a lot of hard work is abstracted from users so you can just use single api to interact with it so that is ease of using it but that doesn't mean that we have our learning curves because when i started using it there were a few issues where uh, we just need to uh, investigate and troubleshoot that involves in any development so i found the similar in the bedrock as well but it's quite easy to integrate like when you know the nuances like as i mentioned like you need to have go to three latest versions so you create a layer and attach it to lambda so if you know that then it becomes so much easy but finding that out it takes time so that uh, involves learning so uh, definitely it's a easy uh, development in that sense but like for developer has to learn new way of uh, working with this foundational model that is for sure 
and uh, yeah aws is really going uh, doing very great job there like when uh, this uh, like api is like uh, given as a single endpoint for us to reach and then uh, use any of this foundational model that is great way of uh, like putting it out for the public and the second thing i found interesting is not only info can uh, get your output once that is invoke model api but there is a uh, thought behind giving a streaming option what i mean by that is there is another like there are two sets of apis which we can use for uh, invoking uh, uh, foundational model one is invoke model and second one is invoke model with response streaming so what does that mean is you give the prompt to your foundational model and before complete output is ready it starts streaming output to your user for example you are you working on some chatbot right and you want to uh, like have your uh, uh, like audience or your user engage so instead of uh, foundational model taking time and giving complete output it starts streaming out the output like right, uh, right uh, at the set go so that is a beautiful feature i found and i have used it and it's like works uh, seamlessly as well so there are uh, uh, few things you will uncover when you start working on it or you just start working on it for sure wholeheartedly agree with that girish and mm -hmm. echoing your sentiment as well one of the things why a lot of developers have been finding a bit of struggle in using bedrock i mean aside from its ease of use of course is mm -hmm. the fact that it's very new as as you mentioned there's a big learning curve there, there is that's a learning curve with everything right and yeah. it's you know it's unavoidable even with new aws services with every new ways of doing things i mean look when mm. we learned about for example using other fms as well to be able to use them properly through their apis it took us a while as well to figure that out so it's really yeah. i feel the lack of documented cases that actually help us learn quickly which is why which is why we're doing what we're doing, right? We're, we're trying to get the word out more to the yeah. community. We're trying to pioneer more use cases. We're trying to share more of that and just trying to bring more of that forward for the community to be able to explore for themselves as well. And yeah. of course, it's really powerful, I feel, because we're, we don't have to learn you know, how to call the APIs for each particular foundational model. We yeah. already have all of them within one platform. And I think that's what really one of the biggest selling points of Bedrock. We can just call whether it be AI21, Claude, uh, Titan, cool. any model, yeah. we can just like call easily from that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that is a, that is what like uh, makes it easy to use. But as you said, like, uh, like uh, when you start using it, there will be uh, like issues, there will be learning, all that has to happen because there is not much out there in the like documentation. So like, uh, because people are still uh, learning, using, working with different use cases, but it's exciting phase, right? Like, because uh, we get to learn something uh, like new every day when you started working with AI. So that is the beauty of it. So moving on to our topic of security, Grish, you mentioned before that we had to be able to understand the necessary considerations for privacy, security, and it's definitely something that a lot of companies are talking about, and they're actively being wary of. A lot of companies are still trying to be careful of how they pioneer this new technology and ensure that their data, for example, is yeah. not improperly leaked out and all that. I was wondering, how are you currently treating security within your developments? And do you have any tips as well of people developing mm -hmm. these kinds of applications too with considerations to security? Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
uh, as much uh, like I'm using as, uh, in as experiment, experimentation mode, right? In my own playground, I'm not much worried about like uh, security at the moment, but definitely this is a big topic or big uh, concentration when you are putting these use cases in uh, uh, your uh, business, right? So security, there are uh, thoughts behind uh, security for sure uh, from AWS and a few, like I want to call out few things or uh, like uh, double click on few things. Like for example, uh, like when you are using any of your data for uh, like fine tuning this model right that is like concern from uh, for customers like when they are putting their data and using this uh, service gen ai services and it's not concerned with uh, specifically for bedrock but in general for generative ai when you are fine tuning models with your data what happens to your data right so that is a concern so uh, aws tackle that well what they are uh, uh, doing is like whatever data you are using for example you are using uh, like a rag right retrieval augmented generation and using fine like and fine tuning your model both the use cases whatever data you are using for uh, tuning it and uh, prompt you are give, uh, giving or inferences you are getting all this is your own data so aws is uh, not using it for any other reason for tuning base models or uh, like third parties are not going to get that data so that is the security part to your data right and second thing is your data will be encrypted at rest and in transit so that is like encryption is in place and uh, the last thing is like when you are using aws private links uh, which is a vpc endpoints if you have used in the past so whatever data you are using like that data is private to your vpc so traffic is not exposed to internet or public domain in any way so these are a few considerations which are in place for uh, this uh, bedrock foundation model and i find it like very promising when we see this uh, thought behind security for uh, bringing these services up for our clients. That's a great summarization yeah. of that, Garish, and couldn't have it better myself too. I feel that aside from that, it's really going to be just normal considerations in regards to if when you're building web apps or anything really. So I think Girish covered the bedrock component pretty well, but aside from that, it's really up to you as well to take into consideration what else your app needs when you actually integrate bedrock. Like for example, are you the authorized person to be able to run these particular prompts basically when you're actually using yeah. services that actually run prompts? Like for example, setting through appropriate JWT tokens and authenticating them from the Lambda is one of the examples I can think of before you actually are able to be authorized to execute prompts. Like stuff like these is what reduces your attack surface even further. And just in general helps to create a more, a much cleaner environment for you to be able to ensure that there are no security risks. Yeah, perfect. And there is a, uh, like a IAM integration Identity and access management service from AWS. There is a out of the box integration with Bedrock. So, like you can be like very granular with your access to, like for for example, Lambda. When you are using a Lambda low role, then you can be granular with what access you want to give to that particular Lambda function. And it's in general for any of the service which is interacting with Bedrock. So that is the integration which we should be. Uh, leveraging a lot when you are talking about like access and that is a great point you brought up uh, Rinaldi. Definitely and that's a great point too Garish and I was wondering for you what do you see as the future for bedrock development with lambdas as well or in general what do you feel how do you feel this will more or less shape the landscape of 
using Lambda functions or just in general for generative AI? And where do you feel you want to see us go as developers towards that direction? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so I'm very, very optimistic on the usage of generative AI in going like in uh, coming uh, years. We should not say years, even months, right? Because uh, development is so rapidly happening in JI world that uh, like uh, every week or every day we are getting new uh, uh, news of, around AI. So I'm hoping same is going to happen with Bedrock. There will be a uh, surge in adoption for uh, generative AI and Bedrock in particular because that is giving us a very good platform to start our uh, coding without thinking about anything on the platform side. So that is what the plus point for this service and that is going to be leveraged by developers. And this is our opportunity to use this tool and think about different different use cases or be innovative in uh, like what the use cases we can think of and put this in action. And definitely is a great tool to learn. So anybody who is listening is definitely I encourage Try it out yourself. Go into AWS Management Console. Try it out few prompts. Choose like uh, models you want to use or uh, work with, and uh, start using it. And then next step will be to put it in your code. Like start with a simple use case. Just like uh, create some function and or uh, create some uh, ID. Like take your ID and start integrating with the API. See how this uh, uh, response are coming. How to use like uh, your particular uh, coding to present that like uh, response in uh, the way you want uh, for your users to use. So that is what I'm uh, thinking the developer should leverage it. Like even I'm thinking as a next step for me, right? I'm planning to create a front end. Like as of now, we talked only of the back end, right? Creating a Lambda function, integrating with the bedrock. But what about, uh, what about the applications or front end for your end users? So I'm thinking to building something like that to create a, 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 like a, like web app or a web portal wherein we can just work with. And that is mainly for uh, learning and trying it out, how we can integrate front end with the back end. A lot of talks are uh, going for back end uh, development, but I'm quite excited about like how you can use that to present in a better uh, way to your end users. and. Think about any of the use case and you can implement it in here, right? So that is what like uh, I'm seeing a lot of possibilities in coming future. Great points, Garish. I think you really stepped on a good one there, which is basically about developing on the front end side of things. I feel with the current developments of Bedrock and all other foundational models, one of the things we always forget to consider is that you know, at the end of the day, we're developers. We're trying to develop for the end user who would prefer to see a better looking interface to be able to run their particular queries, do their particular tasks. So that's a really good point that you brought up there. And I feel it's certainly something that I'm particularly trying out as well. I'm starting to try to implement Bedrock into more of my front end projects as well, try to essentially create a good consistency of backend and front end implementation and more or less try to be able to get users to interact with bedrock better than actually having to like write out prompts and all that. So and uh-huh. we've been seeing that more as well. We've been seeing a lot more use cases right now too. There's there's a lot of sites now that actually are starting to have it provided and distributed as well. So it's a great thing to be able to see that development. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Like, yeah, I'm glad that you are thinking on the same line and I'm hoping to see something uh, in the future. Uh, like uh, as part of your development, 
I'm excited to even uh, see that uh, Rinaldi. Likewise, Girish. Same for you as well. But that's all the time we have here today. Uh, Girish, thank you so much again for being on Surveil Sorcery and sharing your experiences with all our listeners. I'm sure they've been able to bring back a lot of learnings based on your experiences. And for our listeners, thank you so much as well for tuning in. Your quest for knowledge and your companionship on this exploration is what fuels our venture into the mysteries of generative AI and service architectures. Remember to subscribe, share, and provide us feedback or questions through reaching out to our podcast page on LinkedIn at serverless-sorcery or through my LinkedIn profile as well, Rinaldi, at Rinaldi Gonesabroto or Twitter at Rinaldi G. And Grish, where can our listeners reach you at? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, first of all, Rinaldi, for inviting. It's a great uh, discussion with you. And I'm sure like users will uh, appreciate that. You're putting it out. And uh, yeah, user can reach me on LinkedIn. Right, uh, like uh, Girish dot Mukhi, you can find me on LinkedIn. Like uh, I like uh, run my YouTube channels. I like invite like people to join me there, and uh, like uh, even my website, like uh, imaginetechverse dot com. So you can uh, uh, see a few new uh, exciting uh, write ups on AWS. So I invite people to join me there. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Girish. And I definitely look forward to seeing more of your developments as well with the Lambda 2 and your future developments within the front end sounds beautiful as well. Definitely looking forward to seeing those too. And yeah, I'm definitely hoping to catch you soon as well. Again, catch up with you soon too. And thank you again. And to all our viewers, thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye all. Thank you.